Welcome to On The Table, a 27 seconds podcast that shines a light on one of the darkest aspects of our modern world, modern slavery. Join us today as we put the issue of modern slavery on the table and ignite conversations that can make a real difference. Tēnā koto katoa, and welcome to episode three of On The Table. All right. Yay! <laughs> Exciting. So we've framed up this issue in the first episode, and we've started to look at legislation that we know is coming to Aotearoa. And like, so step three, mm-hmm. I suppose, in the yep. uh, On The Table prescription <laughs> is uh, to talk about, you know, businesses and organisations and what they can do and how this sits inside organizations which we thought is the lens yeah. that we, we all want to hear about yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so modern slave, slavery legislation is focused on organizations in western countries like new zealand and what they can do in their supply chains and it's coming to new zealand so we want to really look at like how does this work and what is the lever that we're using uh, which is procurement Um, and corporates and business are just so well positioned to do something about it so we want to uh yeah really frame up that organization first how does procurement sit in organizations currently and in particular how does procurement work and Sean you are just a wealth of information right so you yeah, have to stop so, me at times yeah. but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean the first the first thing to talk about here is um you know modern slavery is an issue and a challenge that has been put onto an organisation, mm. um, you know, big or small. Yep. And, and legislation really just reinforces that. If it's mm. not already, then it's basically saying you all have to do something. So, yep. so it's, But it's important to note it's one of many things. It's not the silver bullet. Yeah, and, and also modern slavery in itself is only one of many issues, as you, as you know as well. So it's... Um, a lot of organisations are recognising sustainability as a really important um, thing to think about mm-hmm. and not just it's, it is moving to the top table. We've seen climate move to the, you know, the board of directors yeah. and a lot of work in that space now and, and legislation that's kind of pushed that. So it's probably going to work in the same way as modern slavery. But for many organisations, they don't have specialist roles and for a small organisation, you just couldn't justify employing a whole person mm-hmm. to do this so so it's it still sits very much in that sustainability ESG world where you know big organizations increasingly have a sustainability leader or team looking at this issue um, and it's probably fair to say that boards are more aware of sustainability and ESG issues yeah. so modern slavery kind of slots in in there but the interesting part about this as you noted is this is about the supply chain and as much as we've talked about um, sustainability being a top table issue and a lot of organizations procurement is not Mm. it's still a very much a function and and a role that is seen as or um, perceived as kind of purchasing and how an organization buys things which is really what procurement's about Mm. but quite often it sits under the cfo and quite often organizations are using procurement to drive savings Mm. Mm. but there's been a real change i would say a bit of a you know the the tide has turned a little bit on procurement being all about 
value for money in the sense of the money part, it's now starting to take into account other issues. Yeah. So modern slavery is kind of landing in there and saying, okay, you know, we've got to have a think about our environmental issues, our carbon footprint, waste, all that type of stuff. But equally, there's social issues that need to be thought about. So modern slavery is kind of coming into there. And procurement is the function where it exists. Yeah. And so procurement is the function really where it's got to be addressed, I would I would argue. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and it's yeah. really, you know, again, procurement and sustainability starting to, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, be um, yeah. working closer together, yeah. I suppose. Or, you, mm. For listeners, you should just see Sean. He's just like <laughs> grinning from ear to ear. Like oh, he's just it, so excited. It, it about, is exciting. But I can see why it is because it is, as you said, it's, it's a lever that we can change. Oh, it's a huge yeah. lever. When you yeah. think about how much is spent, mm. you know, like it's, it's in the hundreds of billions of dollars yeah. spent nationally yeah. in – New Zealand yeah. by businesses and government itself is, you know, fifty billion plus. Yeah. So and, and that that other um stat that um we heard about that I think we um from the last episode that New Zealanders spend thirty four dollars a week on goods which are yeah. at risk. So that's of just, ha- yeah. Yeah. So so it shows you how embedded it is in yeah. our economy. So so the like what can procurement do and we're going to I mean we're going to talk about the organizational thing but I think it's really important to think about procurement and and for you procurement professionals out there mm. we see you and we <laughs> know that there's a lot of people who really care about this stuff mm. um so you know like procurement there aren't the specialist roles yet so this is this is going to be a part of someone's role and um and it's quite often again, um, you know, the response has typically been a statement and a code of conduct. And, and you're a supplier, so you, like the code of conduct basically says, hey, we don't want modern slavery. So um, if we, uh, yeah. you know, you sign up and say. Yeah. And sign this document and say that there's none in your supply chain. Yeah. yeah. And if there is, then. Then we can't we, deal with you. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, we're, yeah. yeah it's goodbye. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so I think one of the things that I've been thinking again about is. Is this tweaking procurement, which sometimes this stuff becomes a little bit like tweak, tweak. Oh, well, we can add modern slavery to a code of conduct, which might include other things. Mm. Um, might include, um, you know, some of these sustainability things. Well, what if it's actually bigger than that? Mm. And, mm. and this is the, the really challenging part. It's like, what if the way we do procurement is the actual cause of this? And we've talked a little bit mm. about this mm. Um and interestingly, there's 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 lots of work that talks about, you know, not just where something comes from, what country it is, what the conditions are like over there um, from an employment perspective. It's also about organisations that subcontract out mm. a lot mm. of work mm. are potentially putting themselves at more risk. Mm. Um, it's about you know, how complicated our supply chains have become because we can get stuff from everywhere and therefore a lot of our supply chains become really invisible. Yeah. So the benefit of getting stuff from everywhere is it saved money, but the downside downside is that we don't know where everything comes from. The visibility goes. And that's a conscious, and I think it's really important that we actually consciously consciously acknowledge that that we made that decision to do that. Um. And then, yeah, so it's really, and then also there's the pricing thing. It's like when we, you know, when we try and drive costs down, 
Mm. Are we actually, you know, again, causing what, this? What's what's the cost to that other than just yeah. the reduction? Yeah. So I think there's a there's a bit of complexity to this, yeah. and I won't go on and yeah. on. But but I, you know, like I just really encourage people to, you know, um, listen to today's episode and think about as an organisation this this ownership of mm. this issue, and also, you know, what role are you actually playing, mm. and why does it matter to your organisation? Yeah. Where does it matter? What's the context? That's very, I think it can be. You know, yeah. empowering to think yes. we know what we do, we know what industry we're in, we kind of know the risks, mm. and we can do something about it. Yeah. I think it is empowering. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Just, just as you're talking there, I kind of just had the, um, the picture of, like, a ship and the rudder. And, you know, the yeah. rudder changes the direction. That's kind of like where procurement can sit Oh, absolutely. Well. Yeah. yeah, and because it's it's – it's like what's the drivers and yes. they talk about value and procurement and mm. I think you know value's always been and lots of procurement people have heard me talk about this you know the and others talk about it too it's like value was never intended to just be dollars and mm. price mm. you know there's mm. other consider there's always other considerations and when you think of the power of being able to think a bit more broadly about this and and use procurement in the way you procure and the yeah. influence yeah. that you have um a great example is if we know what it costs for a decent job we we talk about living wage and mm. we talk about you know certain pay levels we should be prepared to you know yeah. to apply that because yes. we know and and to know that it's going to cost a supply x amount of dollars to provide us something we can consciously choose how much we pay for labor mm. Mm. and it might not that just runs counter to driving the costs down. Mm. But if, you, if you're just buying something and you haven't even stopped and thought about that or investigated that issue, you know, it's a high labour um, type of yeah. product or service and you don't know or haven't even kind of stopped and looked and gone, is the cost of labour here? Does you know, this, does, does, what, this, does this equal? Yeah, yeah does it yeah, fit within yeah. what we expect yeah. it to be? Then yeah. you're potentially just turning a blind eye to something yeah. like this. So I think there are ways of taking a more kind of proactive mm. lens to this. But anyway, yeah. we should move on. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah. today we, um, we're actually talking to Gary Shaw. He's an independent consultant in modern slavery and sustainability. And he, he has a fascinating background. He's going to go into it a little bit more. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. But uh, he, he works with corporates and with groups of organizations collaborating to explore this issue. So, yeah, we... Um, We'll we'll dive into this. Yeah, and yeah. it's been really yeah. So yeah, we had a great interview with Gary, yeah. and it's just a different perspective on things. So we hope you, as you know, the organisational and corporate kind of response here. This is where we want to go today. So let's talk with Gary. So we're here today with um, Gary Shaw. Uh, who's an independent consultant in modern slavery and sustainability. Welcome, Gary. Thank you. Good to be here. It's so wonderful to have you on this. Um, Gary, can you give us a little bit of an intro of yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, Christchurch boy, born and bred. Um, I did a degree in psychology, sociology at Canterbury University, uh, a master's in the United States in um, uh, as it was called then, third world community economic development. 
Uh, but ultimately, my career was as a police officer um, and uh, then a, de- a detective in the New Zealand police, which uh, ultimately uh, led me to work internationally in um, the human rights field as an investigator documenting cases of uh, what we now call modern slavery. And um, I suppose that was where uh, slavery first became real for me, um, paradoxically, in a, in a brothel uh, in Southeast Asia. And um, it, uh, it was a, a very hot evening in, um, in Southeast Asia, just going on dusk, and uh, I had been led to this brothel by someone offering to sell uh, me girls and, and women. And um, upon arrival, the brothel manager brought two girls into the room who were about 15 or 16 years old. And he said that for 30 US dollars, I could have either girl for an hour and do whatever I wanted. Uh, I indicated that these weren't the kind of girls that I was looking for and and I went to leave. And uh, he said, oh, wait, wait, wait. I know what you want. Uh, He ushered those girls out of the room uh, and then he returned a few moments later and he had two six-year-old girls. Oh. And uh, they had teddy bears on their T-shirts and pigtails in their hair. And he said, for 30 US dollars, you can have these girls for an hour and, and do whatever you wanted. And uh, ultimately, I spent uh, three weeks in that particular village documenting more than 50 children, the youngest of whom was five years old. Uh, but they ranged between five and 12 and every day they were being sold to men from all around the world, every nation, creed, and race. And uh, so, yeah, buying time with with those children, ultimately putting deposits on them uh, to be used at some later date. Um, that that modern slavery lost its uh, its um, veneer uh, mm. if it ever had one, and uh, it became it became very real. Um, that particular case um, culminated in, in tragedy. <laughs> uh, you know, we we were there to gather evidence, and we're in covert cameras. We documented every mm. deposit that we that we made on those particular children. Uh, but um, when the day came, um, corruption, ineptitude, pride, ego, my own included, uh, meant that everything that could go wrong did go wrong, and. Um, that on the day that the police, uh, the local police raided the village, um, we uh, we rescued six of those fifty children, and uh, yeah, I, again for me, just this whole idea of modern slavery becomes something that we can uh, win or eradicate uh, or um, somehow uh, you know overcome in some mm. sort of final sense, um, just the hubris of that. Mm. <laughs> uh, and, um, yeah, the complexity yeah, of, uh, of what we now call modern slavery is, is uh, something that, um, that governments, businesses, non-profits, uh, NGO sector are all wrestling with. So, um, so this was effectively a case that you were assigned to. Yes. Yeah, so the, the circumstances of being into that, put into that situation were quite... Um, yeah, I guess it was all to the fate of the universe in some ways, wasn't it, that you ended up on that case? And um, yeah, and so you've gone on like from that very front line experience of modern slavery to to continue 
working. So what's that journey look like? Yes, yeah. So I did that work for uh, for about eight years. Uh, burned out twice. I can imagine. <laughs> uh, I loved yeah. the work, but uh, it didn't love me back. And mm. um, yeah, so uh, I needed to do something uh, less traumatic for a mm. season. And so that led me to the corporate space. So for the last uh, six, six and a half years, have been working in the corporate arena in the area of sustainability. Um, uh, my role was initially corporate social responsibility manager, um, although I spent uh, the first few years calling BS on corporate social responsibility as a paradigm, but that led on to what we now call ESG, environment, social governance, or sustainability in mm. general, as uh, businesses around the country and around the world, I guess, are wrestling with what it means to be successful mm. in business, given that uh, your supply chain uh, and the products and services that you're selling are potentially uh, come from or um, uh, uh, even unwittingly or unintentionally can be um, fueling modern slavery. Mm. And how did you find that transition? Uh, initially, it was a it was a welcome uh, um, space of of um, healing <laughs> <laughs> because it was it was not traumatic and. Mm. Um, uh, but I did wrestle with it at, at, at the same time. I mean, uh, there is an addictive side to uh, living the life of of adrenaline. It's like that that movie, you know, war is a drug sort of thing. It's mm. um, uh, but I I was so burned out that I just knew that I, I just needed to be still for a while. And mm. um, uh, I, I suppose the main challenge there was um, uh, corporates have their own um. Uh, way of operating in the world and uh, by necessity they they need to be profitable to mm-hmm. to continue to exist uh, and, and so therein is the tension between um, working in a corporate that needs to be profitable uh, and the hopefully healthy tension there between how do we do this in a way that's sustain profitable and sustainable mm. uh, and I, I used to see that tension as something negative but I've come to respect that it is actually something really healthy. Mm. Uh, I love what, um, oh, the, the name escapes me of who said it, but uh, he said, um, you know, uh, uh, profit to a business is like oxygen to a human. Mm-hmm. You know, we, uh, you need it's to be profitable. To be, doing, uh, to be able to do things, isn't it? Yes. Uh, but then he went on to say, but if you think that the only reason we exist on this earth is to breathe, then mm-hmm. you've lost your way. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So... In corporates, and you've you've been working alongside other corporates. How's how's this issue starting to appear in, in the kinds of roles? And you mentioned the CSR role, which is a, a kind of classic corporate role. Yeah, can you can you give us a bit of a picture of what the landscape looks like? In a, yeah, yeah, there stuff? is a a natural continuum. I think um, for for many businesses, it begins as um, this this growing awareness of the need to redefine what it means to be successful in business. Mm. Uh, typically, starts with philanthropy, and it's not that's not bad. You know, mm. it's good. It's this idea that we need to quote give back. Yeah. Um, but I, I liken it to the mafia in the in the fifties in Chicago. You know, we we rape and pillage the community, and and. Um, uh, but we give back, mm. <laughs> and um, so it's kind of a immature 
uh, but necessary starting point. And again, it's good, you know, mm. um, and certainly businesses giving to their local community. I mean, how, how much community work relies on that? Mm. And and so I don't want to anyway demean that. But um, but there's there's no um, depth to it. Mm. Uh, and so then corporate social responsibility is kind of this next step of um, no no no. Uh, you know, we have a supply chain. Uh, we're being um, criticised in some cases, or at least held accountable by our consumers, our staff, uh, the NGO, um, civil society sector, and increasingly regulatory requirements through government. So we need to do something to ensure that our that our businesses aren't being profitable on the back of uh, the gross exploitation of uh, of vulnerable people. And so corporate social responsibility is this um, effort to. Uh, to be responsible mm. uh, in the way we do business, but again, it's it's um, it's rather shallow. It doesn't fundamentally change the way we do business. It's uh, it often leads, um, unfortunately, to greenwashing, mm. even though that isn't the uh, the intent. Um, uh, but it, it it's it, my my um, revolutionary act of rebellion uh, as I took <laughs> on the role was to change the title by inserting a hyphen in the word corporate social response hyphen ability. So mm. it was response, uh, my ability, ability to, to respond, which yeah. changes everything for me because suddenly, um, both for me and the company, it's it's no longer our responsibility, some sort of externally imposed obligation mm. that we must adhere or to. Or internally create it. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Mm. Uh, instead, it's uh, our ability to respond to the social and environmental challenges, including mm. modern slavery. And suddenly, that now now the uh, the the locus of freedom, you know, is internal. It's intrinsic motivation mm. now, which we know from psychology is far more effective and mm. sustainable in the long term than extrinsic, some sort of external uh, obligation or duty that we reluctantly feel obliged to adhere to. Mm. Mm. And modern slavery is one of these issues that's been loaded up onto organisations as well. It can be seen that way, can't it? Is it alongside climate, alongside community, alongside the environmental and waste, and lots of different issues. And, yes. and in a lot of organisations, they do grapple with that, don't they? Because it becomes a catch-all CSR, and it's another thing on the list. Yes, there's just one more to. thing on the list mm. that uh, we need to um, have some sort of um, statement on our website about to tick the box. Yeah, yeah whether exactly. that's self-identified or coming externally through legislation or, or kind of market expectations or things like that. Yes, and as you say, that it's, um, you know, it's, a, it's a good start, but it doesn't fundamentally change the way we, we do business. Mm. And it's the business model itself, it's the system we're a part of that uh, that perpetuates and fuels modern slavery. It, it, too long, modern slavery has been seen as some sort of aberration, mm. you know, to an otherwise perfectly operating system. But we all know that the free market global system that we are all a part of absolutely relies upon and needs a large pool of vulnerable, cheap, easily exploitable people to to continue. Yeah, and the question is whether we see that or not, isn't it? Yeah, but yes. it's, it's there. It's the challenge, isn't it? Yes. Mm. So, how does that look like when a when a corporate's buying? You know, like what does what did you what's been your experience with, you know, you know, procurement and the way corporates buy, and what does that kind of look like, and how did that butt up against your role? I suppose. Yeah. So, I guess again. Uh, um Moving on down the continuum, a company that that recognises the um, 
insufficiency of of corporate social responsibility mm. uh, typically goes on then to some sort of desire to make uh, not just have a negative mm. um, uh, footprint. In other words, focusing on yeah, you minimize know, the negative. yes, minimizing yeah. the negative, mm. but actually focusing on the positive. Mm. And so, so then it's language like social impact. Uh, or environmental impact that actually as a business we can not just be profitable but or and uh, have a positive social and environmental impact and, and that's kind of the the mm. where a more mature company uh, uh, the ESG uh, is is more integrated into the company and then to come back to your question uh, the procurement the purchasing department is a part of that a very much important part of that um, now CSR is not sort of siloed as one little team in a business, mm. but the whole company, the whole culture of that company now starts to mature, uh, whether that's through becoming something like a B Corp or um, uh, or doing their own internal work, uh, you know, with consultants or lack of consultants. Just there are, there, are, there are people within the business, usually some key people in the leadership team mm. in the board who recognize that if we're going to be in business, continue to be in business, uh, we um, we see the ESG issues, including modern slavery, environmental, social governance issues, um, as an opportunity mm. to um, to uh, be a a force for good mm. in the world. And uh, and so it's more that language that um, that then includes all of every team is involved in mm. the, the mm. purchasing, the the marketing. Uh, marketing is a huge part. You know, most Absolutely. businesses spend a huge amount of time and money uh, focusing on trying to um, essentially polish the turd uh, <laughs> to make sure that um, uh, that everything that the the consumer that uh, ex- that is externally mm. facing is good. It's a messaging. It's shiny. It? It's positive. Whereas um, Authentic sustainability, ESG, and in particular modern slavery, requires you to be transparent about your mm. imperfections. Mm. It means acknowledging that we have a supply chain that is global, that is full of human beings, and mm. is therefore imperfect. Mm. And we're not going to continue this lie, uh, which is, you know, whether it, whether it's um, stated or not stated, it, it, it Leaks a reality in the here, marketing. Yeah, there's yeah. a reality. Mm. Uh, the, 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 the most um, attractive companies to, especially to the XYZ, you know, millennial generation, uh, they sense it. They know it when a company is, mm. is putting a, sh- a shiny mm. sheen on things. Equally, they are drawn to those companies that say, you know what? We have an imperfect supply chain. Mm. We have uh, people that are cutting corners and we are doing our best and these are the steps that we are taking this Mm. is the inner work that we are doing this is the cultural change that we are embodying Um, and they're equally transparent about the fact that you know we found uh, X number of of cases of Mm. uh, exploitation in our supply chain and this is what we did about it and so uh, you know again that's incredibly attractive Mm. to um, to uh, well, I think every consumer, but employees, you know, again, eighty to ninety percent of employees are disengaged in the workforce. Mm. Uh, to be a part of a company that is turning toward their imperfections, discussing them transparently, owning them, mm. uh, oh, the freedom and the the um, just the the deep. Uh, renewal, if you like, mm. within just within the staff themselves, to be a part of something that's honest, mm. yeah. that yes is profitable, but it's also genuine and is is not covering what all the staff know is already there. Mm. 
you kind of, when you're describing these businesses, they sound like they have a culture of humility and like a, yes, we have found this in our supply chains. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that um, idea of um, collaboration versus individualism um, in that and just leaving ego aside, the importance of leaving ego aside in tackling this yeah well i think um it's it's even more important as as companies turn toward and try to wrestle with esg environment social governance issues that are bigger than bigger than the united nations you know modern Mm. slavery alone the united nations has not been able to um uh meaningfully respond to modern slavery, along with all of the global governments that make up oh, it's the a, United Nations. You can't draw boundaries around this, isn't it? That's one of the challenges. You can't draw boundaries the, around mm, it. Mm. So so why do we, as our little you know, company, wherever we are in the world, why do we think that we, unlike the United Nations <laughs> uh, and global governments combined, why do we think that we can meaningfully do what they cannot? And, mm. and, and just to, I suppose, to, to take a deep sigh um, uh, or a deep breath, uh, and and um, you know, actually, we don't we don't need to know how to figure this out. And in fact, the best place to start is just is just to acknowledge that none of us really know what we're doing in this space. Mm. That like we're that. all yeah. trying to figure this out, especially as businesses in twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. Whenever people listen to this, that we're all just trying to figure this out. And therefore, we need to collaborate mm. uh, because yeah. on our own, we'll, we'll, we'll even f- for profit alone, we'll spend a lot of time and money reinventing the wheel when we mm. don't need to. Mm. There are some fantastic resources, tools, pathways, and partners out mm. there that are all critical if you want to meaningfully respond to modern slavery as as a business, as an organisation. And um, over the last. Um, uh, nearly three years now, I've been a part of the collaborative advantage, so named as a polite slap in the face to the competitive advantage. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, a group of more than 55, I think, businesses now, large and small, across New Zealand and Australia, that have recognised this and mm. are coming together uh, once a month, 90 minutes, to, to share, uh, yes, to talk about what works and what doesn't work, to share best practices, if there are such things, mm. uh, but equally to talk about the imperfections mm. in a yeah. safe environment. And, you know, to answer your question, Alana, just to, oh, you can, you know, we, we typically start with a mindfulness practice just for a couple of minutes, just to let go of that uh, mm. competitive, angsty, mm. egocentric kind of energy, uh, to leave that at the door and to have these amazing interactions where some cases companies talking across the table to their direct competitor Mm. talking about their mistakes where they have Mm. done things wrong and what they learned and their competitor then saying oh you know we we found the same thing and and we did this and uh, embracing a degree of humility vulnerability in the face of as i said these massive social issues modern slavery par excellence you know we we cannot meaningfully respond Mm. alone and collaboration is, is key. Well, the interesting thing about this is that co- corporates and, and you know businesses have a footprint that doesn't you know isn't constrained by national boundaries. So that another piece of the puzzle that governments can't do they can't do that work, can they? So and also the sector thing is really interesting as well. Is that the the risks to a particular organisation in the sector are pretty similar to their competitors. So why would you 
you know, try and outdo each other or or hope that you can <laughs> in, a, in an issue that's so complex, isn't it? Yes, yeah. And one of the things I was most um, grateful to be a part of uh, in the um, outdoor apparel mm. uh, industry was um, being able to forge an alliance between direct competitors, two direct competitors who agreed to uh, work in their shared supply chain. So they share a couple mm. of factories uh, and they said, um, you know, they signed the relevant MOUs and anti-competitive clause documents so that all the lawyers were happy. Uh, but then it opens up a, a safe space for the ESG teams in both companies, direct competitors, to work together mm. to improve the well-being um, rights and protections uh, of the workers and their shared supply chain. Yeah, and shared to the point of the same people, which is yes. <laughs> you know, amazing, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Mm. So I guess where do we go from here? I mean, you've painted the picture like there is a reality of a lot of organisations are potentially just starting out on this journey or, or hearing this for the first time and thinking, oh man, we've got to start doing something. But also... You know, as people go on that, um, I kind of sometimes despise the word journey, but you know, like that, that, that progress of dealing with this, them moving along. But I imagine there's some common things that'd be really helpful for people to understand about what's in front of them and, and where to keep going. We've talked about, you know, the power of collaboration, but what other things have you seen and experienced that work really well to help take people forward? Yeah, that's a great question, Sean. And, and here I probably differ from many of my colleagues in this space because yeah, um, there, there are a lot of things you can do. Mm. And um, and they're all helpful. They're all good. Uh, and uh, as I said, you, the good news is you don't need to come up with that list yourself. No, no. <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there are... There's lots of good guidance around. There is there? lots yeah. of good guidance. Yeah. And, um, uh you know, if you're not sure, then I'm sure at the at the end of this podcast, you'll you'll have a list of contacts yeah. and resources. So, uh, I, I suppose what I would say is the temptation, um, especially in the corporate space, with the egos that with that come with that, is the desire to rush in and say, "What do we need to do?" Mm. Uh, I guess from the twenty thirty years of being in this space, uh, I would suggest that that's not a helpful place. Uh, to start and and that um, modern slavery, along with all of the related uh, issues, mm. for want of a better word, uh, will not be meaningfully addressed by another list of things that we seek to do. Mm. But rather, what's required is a different way of being. Mm. And I know that can sound a bit weird. Oh no, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's essentially a different way of embodying what it means to be human because mm. we're talking about slavery the slavery of people mm. the the gross exploitation of vulnerable people around the world and um yeah you can you can start with a long list of to do's mm. but that doesn't fundamentally change uh how we are showing up in the world mm. uh, um for me modern slavery uh slavery exists slavery is a form of blindness whereby we fail to see the humanity in ourselves and in other people. Mm. Uh, slavery is an age-old concern that goes right back to the heart of what it means to be human. And so I think, um, again, for those companies who genuinely want to meaningfully respond, then you've got to start there, which which requires courage and humility, as mm. you said, Alana, because it mm. means going inward. Mm. <laughs> mm. And typically, especially men, you know, we don't like 
this mm-hmm. out of that. We don't want to do that inner work. We, and as a company, what does that mean? Well, it means, first of all, having a conversation internally. Why? Why would we put a lot of time and money into this? Yeah. If it's just to you know meet some sort of external law requirement i mean you know there's value in, in meeting that but but if again if you just do that to tick some box mm. uh then you know I, and that's I, been seen hasn't it like uh, around the world all the um the legislation that we'll talk more about in an, an upcoming episode it's when it's treated as a tick box it's it doesn't become meaningful anymore does it it's it yes it's yes it helps but because it's better than nothing but it Yes. But yeah, it doesn't really get to the heart of that change. Exactly, mm. yeah. And the UK Modern Slavery Act, the Australian Modern Slavery Act, and, and the various other countries in, in uh, Europe and, and uh, North America, the, the, again, the research is all consistent that, mm. um, yes, you know, it helps uh, raise awareness, uh, and I suppose it might change some uh, practices and policies, but overwhelmingly... Uh, what all the independent research has has shown is that it doesn't move the dial mm. at all. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, nothing yeah. changes. Business as usual continues. We now have a modern slavery statement on our website, but apart from that... Um, we're still doing the same. We're still things. doing the same yeah. thing, and we're still being mm. the same. We, we haven't yeah. changed. Yeah. And I suppose that unless um, we're willing to go on... The, you know, Parker Palmer, uh, the author, says, how can I affirm another's identity when I deny my own? We live a divided life, so we must first connect to our own hidden wholeness. If we approach, in this case, modern slavery, as, quote, a problem to be solved by raising the ethical bar, exhorting each other to jump higher and meeting out tougher penalties for those who fall short, we may feel more virtuous for a while, but we will not address the problem at its source. The divided life is not a failure of ethics. Ethics leave our inner lives untouched. Wow. Oh, so good, isn't it? Yeah. We're going to have to get that. It's like heart change. He goes on to talk about the need to rejoin soul and role. Yeah. Mm. And uh, for me, um, yeah, I think anything less than that is is a waste of time and money. But that also calls out this tension, this tension of value, you know, like is value profit or is value a bigger thing? Um, Mm. You know, is is communication about making ourselves look good or is it everything? You know, like there's tensions and all those mm. statements, isn't it? And that's an outward lens to mm. this. But starting with what does it mean for you as an organisation and, yeah, and understanding what is relevant to you. Otherwise, this problem just becomes too too mm. big to even grapple mm. with, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Why? Why, in the, why yeah. do you want to do this? And work? what are the things that matter? Like, you know, starting to unpick the problem a little bit before you kind of dive in and jump on something that you've heard somewhere or you know jump into an audit or something you know like where is the best place to start directing your attention otherwise you're just going to get caught in a big quagmire aren't you yes whereas if you sort of as we talked about right at the beginning you know you 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 sacred pause you know you stop for a moment Mm. and jump back you take the the backward step Mm. uh and um and, uh, and do that inner work, you'll save time, you'll save money, you have greater clarity around which path of the myriad uh, mm. uh, paths um, you will uh, follow in mm. terms of um, who, who you will partner with. You know, that will, that will become clear. Mm. Absolutely. Um, uh, one of the biggest uh, questions that corporates need to wrestle with is, um, 
who their suppliers are. Mm. And again, you can you can go with a particular supplier because they have the cheapest price, mm. uh, but you will spend inordinately more in trying to in, uh, improve their ESG performance uh, because their values don't align with yours. So mm. far better to take that backward step to clarify your own reason, yes, your own values, mm. and then and then look for those suppliers that share or at least re- are willing to respect. Or work with you. Work mm. with those values. Mm. And now you'll have a, again, you'll, you'll be out of the gate and uh, uh, far more profitable ultimately because you've done that inner work and got that clarity first. Mm. Mm. It seems to me that you're jumping back with that core question of why are we doing this? And it's the seeing the humanity in others. That's the key um, when I when I listen to your story. Yeah. Mm. Yes, and and uh, it's not just me, thankfully, yes. <laughs> that's saying this. Um, <laughs> that's good. The... Um, You'll be aware of the uh, UN Sustainable Development Goals. Mm. There's yeah. a whole movement now uh, called the Inner Development mm. Goals, uh, and many a movement created by many of the same people who who helped form the UN Sustainable Development Goals in recognition that we are not going to meet the UN Sustainable Development Goals, not because we lack the science or the relevant information, but we lack the inner moral courage to do what is necessary. Mm. And uh, and so the um, there's great resources online. Mm. If you Google inner development goals, uh, there's, there's a, again, a, an, another pathway there for individuals and corporates, specifically corporates. They're focusing on uh, organizations and especially businesses to help them on this inner journey mm. so that what they then do externally is, um, uh, it mirrors, you know, there's this harmony there, mm. that, uh, it's authentic. Uh, and, and suddenly a lot of those headaches that you have around, oh, you know, if we share this, if we don't share that, if we're too transparent about mm. that, mm. they fall away because yeah. um, there's, there's alignment yeah, and, and uh, it's genuine. Well, yeah, we'll it's... make sure that that links in the show notes, absolutely. definitely. So what would be... Um, what would be, you know, something for a listener to take away, you know, who's a, who's in that situation of in an organisation? I don't know what traction there is on this issue, but what would you say to someone if you could sit down and give some some wise advice of having been through, you know, what you've been through? Um, what would you say to someone? Uh, I, again, I don't know that I would want to say too much. Uh, hopefully. Uh, or ask yes mm. yes uh, I'd mm. probably hopefully just ask better questions <laughs> mm. uh, and um, and uh, again it's those questions I think uh, and yeah why are we doing this mm. uh, why is this important yeah why is this important to us why why do we want to do this in the first place um, mm. who do we want to be who do we want to embody uh, you know at some point we got into business to add value in some way mm. what uh, is that yeah. what is that yeah, yeah. Uh, do we have a, a brand uh, you know, I hesitate to say too much around brand because there's a lot of BS around all of that out there as well. But but who are we ultimately? What is our identity? What's an identity? Isn't yes. It? yes. What's yeah. our, what's our identity in the marketplace? And and the and does the work that we want to do in this space and the partners that we want to um, partner with, the collaborators we want to collaborate with, the impact we want to make, the mm. profit that we want to share in, uh, does all of that um, uh, embody? who we are mm. at, at an identity level. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you Gold. so much for your time today, Gary. It's been great. And there's a lot of things for us to mull over. And um, yeah, we really appreciate your 
you know, your honesty and humility, you are one of those people we love spending time with. So thanks again for your time. Thank you both for having me. Thank you. All right, so welcome back, and what a great conversation with Gary. So good. Yeah. Lots to think about. <laughs> Definitely, and he's he's that kind of guy, I think. <laughs> it happens a lot, I'm just going to say. It's not it's not a one-off. Um, we just wanted to unpack a couple of things that we took out of the conversation, and mm. um, yeah, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Gary talked about like the spectrum of commitment to corporate giving, and how he talked about how this is a real opportunity to deliver uh, positive change. But um, kind of like the idea of like you can just dip your feet in, or you make can some donations, make some donations, kind of tick yeah. those boxes, but that doesn't actually transform the business, um, yeah. which is a real like it needs to be deeper than that. Well, mm. he was inviting us to go deeper than yeah. than that. Um, and yeah, the- this is one of those issues, isn't it? We talked about the the fact that the issue is a root. You know, one yeah. of the causes of the issue is the way we do business and how our economy and our society interact. Yes, you can't just tweet BAU. No, no, it and needs expect to be- that to change. It's like yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it, we it need to go to be, deeper. It needs to be deeper than that. But he also talked about like the tension of mm. going deeper with that. So like profit versus. Like the trade-off. And I think as a business owner, I can so relate to that as well. Oh, like for sure. Um, yeah, like it does cost more perhaps to go with a supplier who can guarantee that their supply chain is good. And you, so you do live in that in that tension. Um, well, that's a reality, isn't it? It is a reality. It's a reality for any business. It also means you business. can't do everything all at once. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 Um, and I, I think I like the the thing that he talked about how like people can tell when it's off as well. Mm. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And um, but also like I think from speaking from twenty seven seconds experience, I consumers want this. Like they will pop, um, pay a little bit extra for our wine because they know that mm. it does make a difference. And um, like. It, they can see that we are genuine. They can look at um, our, our donation policy. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's it's, yeah. it's interesting, eh? That that um, concept which I loved as well, radical transparency. Yes. It's like not just hiding behind the kind of comms and marketing spiel, and mm. everything's mm-hmm. everything's great, and we're, we're doing a really yep. we're doing the best we can. Yeah. Like what's what are we? You know, being really clear around what is the nature of this challenge. Like modern slavery is a massive challenge mm. and just being really clear that, you know, like not pretending you're all over it because no one is. No one is. Exactly. It's like yeah. why say that? But yeah. also how are we doing? What are we bumping into? And um, and I think this is a really good place to start for organisations in all honesty is that um, not kind of going, oh, it's really complicated and it's just too hard. You know, mm. you don't understand how big our supply chain is. Yeah, of course. But I don't think anyone understands how big some organisations' mm. supply chains are. You know, mm. I've, I've worked with organisations that have got 4,000 suppliers, you know, 10,000 suppliers. Yeah. So for them to move beyond that first 10,000 and know that there's thousands more behind each one of those as well is crazy. Mm. But you need to tell 
people the reality of the situation. Otherwise, you're not really being transparent. Mm. And um, and I think that's like that's really it's just an honesty and a vulnerability. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and <laughs> we've know. talked about that before. Mm. It's like a humility in this exactly. as well. Exactly, and I think people like that. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I I certainly would feel a little bit more sympathy for organizations if they actually just told it like it is mm. you know rather than a nice glossy veneer i suppose exactly. yeah. um yeah. but also you know like taking what you were just saying there about going deeper is that we need to look at the push-pull dynamics of the organizations and supply chains and mm. what are we really incentivizing and yeah and all that kind of stuff not just pushing things onto them and not just demanding lower prices or doing both at the same time, which is even worse. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing he talked about was collaboration, uh, how this is a global issue that the UN hasn't dented mm. um, and that companies play a critical role in this. Um, and we were talking earlier about how um, – like governance is within a country, mm. but yet these corporations, like some of their turnover is large. Yeah, the reach yeah. is huge. And their reach is huge. They have offices and you know, yeah. it's, it's so, um, but we need the two to work together. Yeah. Um, and it's a collaboration between the both that is going to make a significant dent in modern slavery. Yeah, this is like an all in issue, yeah. isn't it? It's, um, yeah, it's it's government's got their role to play, mm. um, you know, around law, laws, but also enforcing employment laws and things like that. But the business is where the money's all being spent, yes. you know, like yeah. that's where the, the flow where the of capital hits is. The road. Yeah. And how things are being purchased is really the domain of businesses. Mm. And they reach across all these different um, things. So, we yeah, we absolutely... As this is not one organization fighting a lonely fight with its 4,000 suppliers, who are probably 4,000 of those suppliers are all supplying other organizations yeah. as well. So let's be real. It's like, mm. you know, we can't, I think Gary said, we can't meaningf meaningfully respond alone. Mm. And that's a really interesting thing to kind of pause on and go, okay, well, who do we need to be working with? Yeah. And some of the best stuff comes from industry collaborations yeah. it's not like one construction company going oh we're just going to fight this by yeah. ourselves and know that their you know industry peers are yeah fighting the same yeah. battle yeah. with the same challenges and the same murkiness of supply chain yeah. and same products <laughs> it's like yeah so <laughs> it's, it's a big ask eh? like collaboration and humility <laughs> yeah they don't yeah. they're not common no and i think that's no. why this gets a bit hard yeah yeah but if you Flip it around and go, none of us want this. Yeah. And you would yeah. collaborate, wouldn't yeah. you? And what's the alternative? The common ground is yeah. we don't want this. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe put aside some of the, mm. <laughs> some mm. of the, we can do it. the classic stuff. Um, yeah. Gary talked about, you know, yeah, it, that this is a deeper, the deeper cultural change in leadership and and avoiding scattergun actions. I, I have a little a little point of disagreement, <laughs> which you were laughing at. It's that I, I actually I would argue taking action is really important to mm. learn. So you need to do some practical things. Yeah. Otherwise people don't really get a grasp of what this is about. And also they don't get to taste the success and yes. learn from it. Yeah. Or or failure and learn from it. So 
I think we need to be doing things, but the point Gary was making is a scattergun approach in trivial action is not going to move the dial. Mm. You know, mm. like the the light touch on everyone yeah. or the, yeah. you know, picking a few things. And I've read this a million times. We won't audit our way out of this. Like audits, you know, there's lots of people have written really interesting things yeah. about audits. That one snapshot in time isn't is not yeah. the answer. We talked about this being a dynamic problem, yeah. you know, so it's... Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think, yes, yes, mm. and, you know, like yeah. these things you need yeah. to be doing. And, and the legislation is going to ask you, what are you doing? Yeah. And and how did it go? Like, yeah. that's the way to think about it. So yeah. there does need to be some action yeah. behind this. But going yeah. deeper yeah. is like, yeah, he went real deep, didn't he? Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I remember a chat I had with you um, a few months ago where you were talking about, and you're just like, well, just change your coffee supply in the office. Like, it's one small thing that yeah. you can do. yeah. Um, well, the, the idea behind that yeah. is that if you do that and you say why, mm. then all of a sudden people go, oh, yes. I didn't know yeah. that yeah. the beans yeah. came from here or the yeah. conditions were like yeah. that. Yeah. Or, mm. Which kind of kind of leads to um, another point which I loved, which was asking better questions, um, like who are we? Yeah. What are we here for? Does our work embody who we are and what we're trying to be? What do we stand for? And I think that I really like that, like going back to the heart of the organization and even just having those discussions and then filtering everything through there. So like, oh, we've chosen Common Good Coffee because we know that it's fair trade. We know that it's making an impact on the ground. Mm. This This is an action from... That we've taken from yeah. our values. And why do we, yeah, and why do yeah. we do that? Because we stand for that yes. stuff. Yeah. And at the same time, you can ask the questions about other things, don't yeah. you? It's like, yeah. do we know enough about that? Yeah. To see that. Yeah. And that, that's that alignment thing. Yeah. We talked about aligning soul and role. Yes. Which is like the deepest stuff with what you're actually doing. But this is, you know, like you've experienced this as well, haven't you, as a, as a supplier. It's like about finding alignment. You know, both internally inside organizations yeah. around what you stand for, but also with your supply chain. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. And I, I think we would both argue that like doing this just makes your job, your data, like it, knowing this mm. gives you energy to, to, um, to get up and go to work. And I think it's the same for anyone who like, if we have a deeper reason behind just getting your paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. But also who you're working with. Yes. You know, like as yeah. a supplier, you, you like brands that align, align with, with what you with stand what for. you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And you've had that, haven't yes, you? So, exactly. Yeah. 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 So I think we're looking for this um, stuff. So, yeah. So we went, I mean, we went really deep, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, there were the standout line that I think we both really caught was slavery is blindness to humanity. Oh. That was yeah. good, eh? That is good. I mean, that's the ultimate mm. why, isn't yeah. it? So the the whole thing around modern slavery is turning a blind eye to something that just isn't right. Mm. It's yeah, 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 pretty powerful. So, I mean, a massive thanks to Gary for his time, yeah, and we really you, enjoyed Gary. the conversation. Yeah. Um, if you are listening, um, and also yeah. Thanks for joining us on today's episode, and we hope you took a lot out of this. And and there's probably a lot of questions that are coming out of it as well. So, yeah, yeah. feel free to flick us an email um, 
Yeah, on the table at 27seconds.co.nz. Yeah, and we'll put that in the show notes and we look forward to seeing you for our next episode. Oh, Kakite. Kakite Ano. Thank you for joining us today on the table. Brought to you by 27 Seconds. Wine that can change your life. 